When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm sure everybody has their top five moments of the 2022 calendar year for the Calgary Flames. Dylan and Chris are going to discuss theirs. Armchair GM podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network coming at you. Let's get into it. Well, Chris, our uh, last calendar year has been, I'd say, one of the most absolutely exciting and uh, you know full of storylines uh, years we've had as a as a fan base, and and probably the Flames have had as a as an organization for yeah, as no. long as I've been alive, being that I was born, you know, just after they won the cup. So yeah, it was. It's been a colorful year, that's for sure. You know, oh, there's 100%. been highs and lows, but they they all kind of coincide with top five storylines of, of the year for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick this off right away. Um, we're just going to do a quick five uh, top storylines slash moments of the year for each of us. Yep. See which ones overlap and stuff like that. Um, you want to kick it off with your number five? My number five is uh, the acquisition of of one Tyler DeFoley from Montreal last year. Um, okay. Sometime mid-February, I believe. Uh, Valentine's Day, exactly. Nice. See? Yeah. That's, you know, that's a better gift than my boy. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> um, no, it was, it, was a, it was a great moment. We needed somebody with, with some scoring power. And, you know, obviously he struggled through some of the playoffs and, and, and a bunch of last year, but, you know, in, in a top six role, he's, he's really been a force, I think so far in, in this season, the 22, 23 season, um, he's, he's got a, a pile of goals. He's, he's gelled well with, with the team and he's looking not necessarily out of place on that top line. I couldn't agree more. Um, now, I know we've talked about this before, but I don't think he's, you know, the the best option for a top line. I think he's the best option we currently have a hundred percent for that top line. And, um, but I do agree with you. Like that's, that's a hell of a moment. Um, it's always nice when Brad actually goes out and gets, 
you know, accurately identifies our biggest need and goes out and gets it. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was exactly what we needed at the time. And it was great. That's a, yep. that's a good number five. That was, um, that was going to be my uh, honorable mention. Yeah. And, and I, and I agree. He's obviously not a true, you know, first line winger. Um, but you're right. He's the best option we have at the moment. I still yeah. think Brad needs to solidify that, that spot for sure. And, and having Tyler Toffoli on the second line uh, in, in that spot, I think would be great. Right. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Really... He's uh, yeah. he's, uh, would be an absolutely awesome second liner. He's a he's a great spot filler for for uh, you know what we have right now. And should you know, if if we do go out and get somebody who's an actual top liner, he would be just fine for an injury, um, you know, an injury spot filler as well. Yeah, uh, I, I have no problems with that. And and he's shown some pretty good uh, <clears throat> chemistry with the team. He has. Yeah, he's shown some good chemistry with with Lindholm, um, and and Huberdeau, right? But I mean, not not that Huberdeau's been playing on on that line for the last couple of couple of games. So has it been four games now, five games? Yeah. Um, so it it just kind of proves that he's he's gelling well with the team because you know Dubé's been up on that line, so clearly he's he's you done well. Go. Yeah, yeah. Russ has been there for a while, or yeah. at the beginning of the year, anyways. Yeah. Um, but Lindholm, you know, obviously being our clear cut number one center on this team, yep. I, I think the two of them have, have uh, done well together. So that's that's good news, right? We need we need pairs or or trios that can really gel well together and put you know, obviously put the puck in the net. That's yeah. that's the name of the game. You're not winning games if you're not scoring goals. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. My my number five best storyline of this year would be um Dubé, who's you know spent the last few years kind of in between the the fourth third and second lines um mm-hmm. and as you know very well i've been kind of uh calling that he's going to be a breakout star for yep. i don't know three years <laughs> yeah but uh, finally he's kind of breaking out and he's proving you know he's playing on the first line right now the quote unquote first line right now but he's proving to me that he's a second line you know top 6 type of guy i don't think he's a long term solution for the first line but i do think that he's a great uh top top 6 type of guy yeah um with 9 points in the in his last 10 games um not all of those have come playing on the top no quote-unquote top line but uh it's been great and he's shown great chemistry and i don't think he's ever like whined about being thrown around on the bottom lines or even scratched or anything like that like at least in the media he's Mm -hmm. been uh he's been really good so i i'm happy about that yeah absolutely i'll i'll give you the props on that you've been talking about dubay for a couple of years um being somebody to look out for and, and of course i've been the one denying uh things that you've said i i've always considered <laughs> him from his career leading up to this season you know a very serviceable third line player which i have <laughs> no problem with but especially I, I, as cap hit 
That's right. And and not not to dump on on Dubé, I just didn't see him playing at the level that he has been this year. Yeah. Um, because I will give that credit. He's 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 really played well this year in comparison, especially to his uh years leading up. I didn't see him doing as well as he was or has been on the second line. And then to be able to get that promotion to the first line is I mean, that's good on him, right? That just shows great work ethic and and buying into a coach's system that that appears to be about playing an entire uh, length of ice game and great for check great for yeah absolutely like he's, that, that's his biggest strength he's been very tenacious this year and 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 it's been refreshing to see i i'll give him all the credit in the world for for doing what he has been so far this year i hope he continues to do it i couldn't agree more i think um one thing that that we've both said for a few years is he's always been really fast with the puck and this year he's being fast without the puck that's that's always um, been my biggest thing. That's because I always hear everybody say how fast he is, but he doesn't. He didn't have the puck very often before, and so I didn't really find him to be fast. I found him to be late to the puck a lot, <laughs> late to the corners, late. You know, so so having him actually look quick with both with the puck and without the puck, it's been it's been really good. And yeah. you know what? And he he doesn't give up on a play. Which I absolutely love. You know me. I'm 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 old time when it comes to my hockey. I'm old time when it comes to life. Um, yeah. He's he doesn't give up on a play. He's he's very tough in there. As you know, he's not a he's not a huge guy. He's not a big guy at all. But he he's not as easily pushed around this year as he was in years previous. Okay. You know, that that is absolutely the separation that I put between him and Mangiapane. Right. Yeah, me too. Stay on his feet. He's still really easily pushed around. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, my my daughter would push him around. My daughter is quite tough, but I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I mean, she she pushes me around, but I, I'm not getting paid five point eight million dollars to to stay push on my your daughter feet. around. I'd fucking hope not. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both. Um, <laughs> um, and. You know, he's only 11 points off of his career high, which was last year. Yeah. Um, now he's 10 goals off of his career high, but I, I see him reaching that. Um, and he's only one assist off of his career high. Um, if he stays in the top six, I don't see a world in which he doesn't surpass his career high, which is 32 points. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Um, you know, barring injury. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's your number four? My number four, um, I'm going to call it a, a a saga, if you will, the Cadre slash Monahan's Monahan saga. Okay, everybody knew that Monahan was likely going to be the odd man out when it came to needing cap space to sign all all our players that we acquired, as well as get you know a a, a player such as Cadre to not replace Kachuk but to at least fill a need right yeah so in order to sign Kadri we needed to get rid of Monaghan which you know as a fan base we hate to to lose him he did some great things for the organization uh you know and, and is a you know superhuman being but NHL is a is a business so unfortunately Monaghan was the odd man out we were able to use the first round or first round pick that we picked up in the Kachuk trade 
just so as that Montreal be willing to eat up that that cap because it was it was a big hit right for somebody that ultimately ended up playing third fourth line minutes uh, at the at the end of his tenure here in Calgary so we traded him off we signed our you know a a second line center who you know quite quite frankly he's done well he's had his moments where it's been frustrating to watch there's a couple of aspects of his game that I'm not a huge fan of but that's that that's here nor there every player does pretty that's right Absolutely. I mean, every player that's not Elias Lindholm and Chris Tanev. Right. So <laughs> he comes in, we sign him to a big contract, more than I would like, but, you know, you have to spend money to attract these players, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's my number four, the the saga, if you will, right? But, getting, rid of, getting rid of a fan favorite to bring in potentially another fan favorite. Yeah. I totally, um, I overlooked that one. Um I've never been a huge fan of of Kadri. Mm-hmm. Um you know before last year his his playoff iffiness if that's a, a an appropriate word for that. He had um, a label. He had a label for for his style of play or his antics during the playoffs for sure. Mm-hmm. And to cross that line in the playoffs during his career is kind of weird. Um, I think he kind of got past that last year, but my biggest thing was the number um, Mm -hmm. and the the term as far as seven times seven. I think that's entirely way too much, but like you said, you got to, you got to spend and you got to extend the, uh, the contract in order to, uh, to get those guys to come. And um, the first rounder was rough for, for Monaghan to get rid of Monaghan. For but, sure. Uh, if you think about it, Monaghan at his point in his career and a first for Kadri, if you were to do that straight across, I don't think it would be like if it was a trade, I don't mm-hmm. think that would be horribly um frowned upon. No. No, I agree. Kadri seems to be a good person as well. He at he absolutely does. Um and and I I find Kadri's style of play more suited to a Daryl Sutter system than Monaghan, a hundred percent. Yeah, with, than Monaghan. Um, and and that's that's shown really when you look at the decline of you know the last you know two years of of Monaghan. Obviously, a lot of that had to do with injury, and I get that. But even when he was quote unquote healthy or at least playing, he wasn't able to keep his first line minutes nor you know even acquire second line he instantly went from first to third right? mm-hmm. <clears throat> so i i think that's kind of telling for a system um you know when you when you bring in a coach he he uh wins coach of the year yeah the, you know those changes are going to happen i i would have been comfortable with Kadri at at you know the dollar amount i don't i don't have an issue with the term obviously i do you know, a seven times four or seven times five would have been great for me. Mm-hmm. But I would have even been fine with a little bit more yeah. um, money if it was less term. For sure. Absolutely. Um, I just think that the combination of, of the seven and the seven is a little bit much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you got to do that in order to get guys to come to Calgary um, yeah. and, and, and to stay, right? It, it is what it is. And honestly, I think tree living also kind of knew that uh if the next two three years don't work he's out 
Right. Um, and then it doesn't matter to him. Right. That's right. And that that's the same thing with a bunch of the stuff that he did this summer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously Brad's hand was forced in, in a lot of what happened this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say forced, um, I guess, but he should have seen at least one of them coming or at least absolutely. Have, have dealt with it a year sooner or both then, or both. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if, I don't know what, what happened through the season last year or, or even slightly into the summer, but clearly there was something awry when it came to a couple of players, but those signs should have been noticed sooner. And, and we could have, you know, moved on with, with great assets. I mean, we did pretty good with the, with the Kachuk, situation obviously the johnny situation was a complete blunder yeah on Um, on every aspect of it and they do yeah i mean it's hard to trade you know your your top players when everyone is you know flying going into the playoffs and and that type of stuff but also also asset management is important and honestly um once somebody says i will not negotiate during the uh during the season mm-hmm. if you don't at least try to negotiate during the season um a couple times throughout um yeah that's kind of your own mistake i don't know if he did or didn't but uh when the trade deadline comes around and he hasn't signed yeah that's on brad yeah absolutely i mean you're 99.9% of the time you're not negotiating with the player anyways let them play hockey negotiate <laughs> with the with with the uh, agent and the agent's going to be able to tell you if 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 things are not going to happen right mm-hmm. and so i agree if you know if we're not able to 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 trade him at the deadline cuz you think there's going to be something happening which i understand with when it when it comes to that and we had that's actually going to get into my my number 3 when we had you know, three players or two of those players that were on the top line and absolutely flying were leading the Pacific. Obviously you're not a, you're not a seller at that point. No. Right. Um, So I understand not doing it at the, at the deadline. I get it. But as soon as the season ended, those conversations should have been very blunt, you know, Mm -hmm. extremely blunt. If, if it's not going to happen, fine, move it along. Trade them. Yeah. Don't trade. Don't, trade don't them. walk on eggshells. Fucking that, do something that, about it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Be blunt. And if it's not going to happen, trade them at the at the draft. Done. Okay. But yeah. No, so that's, I, I agree. that's that's my number four. What uh, what's your favorite on on the four? My number four is <clears throat> the emergence of Rasmus Anderson, and I and I think it started a little bit before the. Uh, the 2022 calendar started mm-hmm. um not much before but he's you know he had that really bad year uh what was it 2020 2021 in the shortened season yeah um and i don't even think it was really really bad i just think it wasn't as good as we were expecting um in in his um how can i say it? like in the progression of his career, um, yeah. he didn't take that step forward that a lot of people were thinking. And I'm th- not sure, but I think that's the year he signed his, um, the year after, I guess he signed his extension. Yeah. 
So, you know, you expect a guy to take a, a step forward. Um, but then he did take a step, like a huge step forward last year. And he's continued that into, into this season um, throughout the 2022 calendar. He's really stepped up, mm-hmm. whether it be time on ice, his time on ice has skyrocketed. When Daryl Sutter trusts a defenseman to put him out that much, yeah, in That's every situation, great thing in every situation, shorthanded, yeah. p- uh, power play, five on five, whatever, other player, uh, other team's best players, whatever. Um, I do think he should shoot more, but uh, on the power play specifically. But uh, that's really the only thing I think he needs to to do. Really, yeah. um, his he's already uh, tied his his career high in goals with only thirty eight games this year, yeah. which is five, right? So if he continues this on, he'll have I don't know twelve, thirteen goals, um, which is great for a defenseman of of his caliber. Yeah, and uh, he's well over halfway to his career, um, his career high in points, which is fifty, and he's at twenty-seven with not even at the halfway mark of the season. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is, you know, again that he's being trusted, um, and that he's doing well five on five like i think he had a stumble at the beginning of the season five on five but ever since then he's really stepped up yep yeah he he really has and and i agree with you it's not that he took a step back or or anything like that in, in that in that one year it's just that he didn't progress forward mm-hmm. to to have the comfort as him on your on your number one pairing right absolutely and and he the team sucked like the team was really fucking bad that year yeah and jeff ward was jeff ward right (laughs) yeah exactly there was a lot of things that needed to happen during that season that didn't um yeah last year he was phenomenal and he's even better this year so far he's he's been he's been playing great I 100% feel comfortable with him on on the top pairing and barring something drastic I I can see him being an assistant as well as potentially being in the conversation for captain. He doesn't get a lot of love for that but I agree. His Yeah. Go go ahead and say what you're saying. But I with with the minutes that he garners he is trusted in every situation power play penalty kill five on five his overtime um presence this year has been phenomenal even his shootout presence and, and now he's a shootout guy yeah. Right? yeah 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 there's Where'd just come from right there's 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 no situation that you don't feel comfortable with having rasmus out on the ice yeah so i i agree with you 100 that's that's um, a great pick and i also want to put put out there that he's he's physical which is great or he can be physical. He's also pretty good with the stick, but he's like, for some reason, even with Lucic on the second line, he is like the only player in the top half of our lineup that reacts to a, to a bad hit against one of our players or anything like that. And he reacts well, I think like, 
as far as not crossing the line, but also getting in the other guy's yeah. face and pushing them away, pushing them around, but not like cross-checking them and getting a penalty for it. Yeah, I agree. That's one of the reasons why I feel like he should get more love in the conversation for becoming a captain. You know, he, he, he really shows his leadership on ice and situations like that. And you're right. It's, he doesn't go out of his way to be an ass. He just gets in their face, letting them know that's not kosher and that shit's not going to fly. And, and then he skates away. Right. Like that's what you want from your people wearing a letter. Right. Absolutely. So it's not, they're not get, not going to get you into a situation where they're going to take stupid penalties, but they're also going to be in a situation where they're going to let the other team know that what they've done is not going to happen again. Couldn't agree more. Um, All right. What's your number three? My number three, um, I kind of alluded to it with, with, uh, with, with my, my last comment there. Um, Yeah. Or or my, my uh, number, number four, having an entire top line scoring 40 goals is pretty huge in a, in a season. Absolutely. Um, It I mean, I don't know if it's sustainable again for Elias. I I certainly hope it is. It's not looking like it's going to be this year, obviously. But you know that that was really cool having having the three of them, yeah, you know, being Elias, Matthew, and and Johnny, uh, gathering forty goals each in in a in a season. That that was that was pretty impressive, right? Yeah. They they were unbelievable as a as a line. The uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the top line in the NHL. Obviously, now we have more spread out scoring. We could Which use is some more, obviously, but but having a, an entire team that can put the puck in the net is, I think, vastly superior to relying on one line. So it isn't nearly as exciting. I think that's right. It, which is one of the reasons why a lot yeah. of people, um don't think this team is as good or or are yeah. frustrated by uh Huberto or, or whatever it is um yeah. i think that that's part of that is that obviously it's like insanely exciting when the same dynamic players are just running roughshod through the league 100 um, like like they think they were yeah i agree you know as a fan you kind of want to want those those storylines and those moments I personally would rather have four lines I could score. Me too. But it really is it really is fun to watch. You know, I, and don't I, get me wrong, I I loved what was happening last year too. Mm-hmm. I just think it's better to have more goals out of Richie and and Dubé and and you know other the defensemen and other things that are happening. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Hundred percent. What's um, uh, as, what's your number three? Well, real quick, Lindholm, it, he's only at 12 goals this year, so he's on pace for more like 20, 25, something like that. But they've started getting better yeah. Um, lately, so I, I feel like that could get uh, – and that could boost up. But I don't think 40 is really in the cards. But he is, you know, on pace to get pretty close to the points. Yeah. Um, and we talk about it all the time. Assists, you can't have a goal without an well. Sorry, you can't have an assist without a goal happening. So yeah. they're just as important. Yeah, absolutely. And in in Lindholm's defense, he he did start the season with two new line mates. So obviously, you're not going to get the same production out of out of him for a number of games, right? 
Mm-hmm. Some people put a mark on it, whether it be 10 games, whether it be 20 games, whether it be 30 games. Well, now we're just over the 30-game mark. I certainly don't have an issue with Lindholm's game. And and no. he's starting to no. he's starting to pick up those points now. Um, him and Toffoli have looked uh, good together, especially over the last 20 games. So no. I, I think those points are going to come, and, and I think he'll surpass that uh, assist marker. Agreed. Um, I, I think it'll be good. Oh, he's only a plus one this year. Ooh. Well, gee, that's something I didn't put on my on my list, which is interesting because it's probably it's a stat that I don't really follow, I guess. No, no, me me neither. But still, you you look at uh, you know elite two way centers, and you're not you you yeah. don't expect that. True. Um, but that's going to improve this year. I mean, like you said, the the whole team's getting better. There's more chemistry, and um, I mean. Do you- do you do you think that marker could be tarnished um, based on the start of the season with with our number one goalie having a very serious issue with the first couple of shots? When they he, couldn't agree more yep. when they're when they're coming on or, or starting the game, I think that doesn't help that stat. No, it absolutely doesn't, uh, and I agree with that. Um, moving on, my number three here is um, the signing of Jonathan Huberdeau. And this isn't so much, um, like I it wasn't so much ex- as exciting to me because I thought it was going to happen. I think it was r- kind of more relieving to me, as far as we can now put to bed this. People don't want to sign in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, this for some reason, people thinking that he was going to go to Montreal, like Montreal isn't rebuilding. Um, and like every, every, you know, other fan was pretty much spamming like, Oh, he's never going to sign here. And well, and it was just nice to end mm-hmm. that whole thing. Um, and also kind of how it happened as far as, the whole taking, you know, Brad taking him out to dinner in Montreal, I believe. And, and then it, they, being... they went to Boston pizza, right? <laughs> no, but, but that, that's part of the reason why I like the, the, you know, quote unquote storyline so much is because it created that buzz and it created that, yeah. um, you know, the fan interaction and the, the media interaction about you now, Oh, it, did they go to Boston pizza? Cause for those of you who don't know, Tree Living's dad owns Boston Pizza, um, yeah. but yeah, I and you know is the number a little too much? Maybe, but I I think that uh, that it's going to work out just fine for us. I I agree with you one hundred percent. Yes, is the number too much? Uh, I I've if it fan. is, it's not that much too much. Yeah, I I've been a fan of the Flames since since nineteen eighty. So obviously my my go to is players are 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 paid too much, right? Well, yeah, it is what it is, right? <laughs> All players are, in my All opinion, too. That's but... right. All players. So, yes, is it too much? In my opinion, sure. Um, is it what was needed to to sign an elite forward, an elite playmaker? Absolutely, that's what was required. Yeah, you know, after the trade. You know, the big story was how blindsided Huberdeau was in the in the whole situation. He was in the middle of contract negotiations or extensions. Um, no, he wasn't. Well, he was supposed to be. 
but they were wanted talking. to be he was expecting yeah. that phone call but he never that's got right. it that's yeah. part of the reason that's part of what pissed him off so much yeah the call that he got was that he was traded on a friday mm-hmm. night at mm-hmm. at would have been 11 o'clock his time because i'm pretty sure that trade came down at like 8 45 on that friday night yeah it was late mountain time yeah so you know he, the team that he had played with for for his career basically just dumped him without notice which is just you know i i think it's i think it's a a, a poor way to deal with if with what i would call a franchise player mm-hmm. so when he no i agree too like at least talk to them about it at least talk to them that's right you know hey just so you know here's where we're at whatever the case may be mm-hmm. so he gets traded and, and that was like a couple then, days after his no no trade clause expired that's right. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of reasons for that to just be ignorant uh, towards somebody yeah. that gave a lot to a franchise, right? So and I think that that's part of what gave the fan base so much juice about him not wanting to sign or whatever, because yeah. he was upset and he was outwardly upset with the towards the media about how Zito dealt with it. And I think people thought that that was a sign that he didn't want to be in Calgary, not a sign that he was upset with Florida. Well, that's right. Both, both him and, and Wager were, were noticeably upset about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. So when, when Huberdeau comes to Canada or back home to the Montreal area and, and Brad reaches out to him, takes him out for dinner. I mean, I would love to have been a fly on the wall for that conversation. Oh, me too. But Clearly, something Brad said made sense. A fly on the pizza. Sorry, a fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, <laughs> so I mean, there, there it would have been a really interesting conversation to be able to overhear. So, uh, it, I'm not going to lie. I I thought just based on what I saw of him in the media and the and the reports and everything surrounding. Plus, we have this this mantra in Calgary where we have a hard time signing elite players. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by the contract. I was honestly surprised that he was willing to go that long term before even having a practice with with what everybody says is the most hard nosed coach in the league. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Huberdeau has had pretty much free reign to do whatever the hell he wanted to do in in Florida. Right, mm-hmm. not not saying that he you know was a rogue player or anything like that. It's not what I'm alluding to. But when you have elite players and coaching staff that you know isn't elite, we'll say top notch. Then and, you- and also a division and conference that are a lot more um, offensively have more offensive prowess. Let's say that's right. And and to sign in a, in a city that. Well, let's face it, annually we'll have about three to four feet more snow than what he's used to. And it's fucking cold and windy. I mean, it's probably windy in Florida too, but... I mean, less hurricanes here, so there's that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way less. Mm -hmm. Like 100% less. Yeah. But we have Chinooks. We have Chinooks here in Calgary, and you know what? That's a a bonus opposed to what uh, they offer up three hours north of here yeah. i think part of why i i like that uh that storyline so much was that it it's not very often we get storylines that are negative that end 
in Calgary. And I feel like the people, for the most part, the people don't want to sign here, or at least Huber though doesn't want to sign here or play here or whatever, ended there. That's right. Um, And that doesn't happen often. Even when things, a storyline should end, people will continue on with it. Um, And I think that as well, a person who spends way too much time on the internet, it was just kind of relieving. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. It it shut a lot of people up. Yeah, and and just put it to bed, put it to rest. Right. Agreed. That's good. What's your number two? My number two, oddly enough, has to do with Rupert Doe as well. Um, but it's the Matthew Kachuk deciding that he did not want to be a flame. Um, period. Kind of full oh, stop, that was right? that. That was your okay. That that is my number two. Just that part of it. Well, and then Brad being able to turn it into what I think is is a pretty reasonable return, a really reasonable return. Okay. So um, we can talk about both of our number twos at the same time then, because my number good. two is the trade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's the whole trade, right? So we got, we got, you know. Huberdeau, which we've already discussed. We got Uyghur, who... We will discuss in momentarily. Yeah, absolutely. Got that first-round pick that we ended mm-hmm. up trading to Montreal to unload Monaghan's uh, cap hit so that we could sign what my fourth pick was. Plus, a very serviceable uh, center who is playing in the... Uh, uh, in the AHL right now, and I and I hope that at some point he can be a difference maker somewhere. I I think it was a really good return given the situation. Granted, I I from what I understand, Matthew was very adamant that he wanted to go to Florida and nowhere else. Yeah. So, you know, and that's fine. I think he had a couple on his list, but it, from what I hear. Um, and I wonder how much Bennett had to do with it because they're like best buddies. Yeah, but, they're, uh, they're good friends. Yeah. As far as I know, that was his number one spot. And I yeah. kind of feel like part of that was probably that he wasn't expecting Huberto to be in the trade and that he wanted to play with Huberto. Agreed. But, uh, Agreed. And if and if that's the case, great. Fuck yeah. you, Matt. Well, they're not in the playoffs. So there's that. So far. Uh, that's a shame. Remember my, uh, my hot take at the beginning of the year? Florida... <laughs> Misses the playoffs. I do. And and remember I gave you uh a whole bunch of shit for it. We're I still mean... not there yet, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but so far you're right. Cheers for so that. Well done. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, I I think given the entire situation that we had this summer, you know, the, the trade was necessary to continue to have even a fan base in Calgary, I believe or at least a large chunk of it, because we had already lost Johnny. Control. And then and then we were told that Kachuk was not going to sign. So like it was a lot of doom and gloom in, it was, in August, right? I think it's the most grim I can remember the fan base being yeah. for that, what was it, like week and a half or whatever? Yeah, it was it about was... two weeks worth. I, I was on vacation for all of that, and I'm not going to lie. It ruined a bit of my vacation, right? Because mm-hmm. it was depressing. You know, like yeah, I said, the, these two players were part of our our forty goal club, and it yeah. was like, what the fuck just happened? And like, to me, it's amazing that 
you know, th- there's got to be something that, that happened within within the organization or or the dressing room or something because it just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to have that much success for two players mm-hmm. and for both of them to be offered so much money and turn it down just yeah just it makes no sense to me but it is what it is like I, I do understand, you know, being closer to home or being where it's warmer or n- less taxes, no taxes, wh- whatever. I, I get all that, but still, um, it's it's less like expecting that much success in your next place mm. with no um, implemented chemistry already is pretty tough. It is. I mean, there there's a couple of other factors that you know, I, I think came into play. I mean, you, you have a, a situation where, you know, the, the world has been going through a pandemic and, mm-hmm. and, and travel is an issue. Um, you know, Johnny's dad, Johnny's dad. That's right. Um, also with, with, with Johnny, you got it. You have his dad that, that flat out said that Brad's first offer um, mid season last year was an insult. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine how what we would consider to be a franchise player and how you want to uh, you know sign them long term and entice them to stay by insulting them in your first offer i don't know what that number was they won't say what that number was but i'm i'm assuming it's like seven and a half right yeah and i mean he was coming off a rough previous year but also um you know yeah. what he's capable of, whether he was he had an off year or not. You know what he's capable of. Yeah, and uh, I, you know of... what? I wish all of our players had a rough year, i.e., <laughs> just slightly under a point per game. That would be amazing, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Um, so the so the trade has got to be the the uh, the honorable number number two. Me right? too. And and the less talked about, I I know you brought it up earlier, but the less talked about piece of that trade is Cole Schwint. Um, who is playing behind Connor's area right now, mm-hmm. and Connor's area's line is is popping off absolutely crazy, and somehow the second line center in that, uh, on that team is Cole Schwint, and he's still got twenty points in twenty seven games, only yeah. six penalty minutes. Um, that's impressive. So, he's a he's a bigger player, right? Was he about? Wasn't he six six one? Uh, six two. Is he 6'2"? 6'2", uh, 83 kilograms, 182. 182, yeah. yeah. So that's good, right? I mean, you figure, because um, he, I know he's a physical player, right? Yeah. Not like a physical force, but he's a physical player. So yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that the penalty minutes are that low. Uh, me too. Um, It makes sense with having less, like in theory, less... Um, uh, you know, time on ice with not sure. being a top line player. I agree. Um, there's a lot of other AHL teams where he would be the top line. Sorry, in my opinion, but I I feel like potentially a a reason for the lower number of penalty minutes potentially could be the fact that he's smart with a stick. He's not doing stick infraction. Like I I know, hope high, so. High stick and hooking and slashing things like that. Have you tripping. watched? Many Wranglers games? I've watched a couple of them. I actually have not gone got to the Dome yet for a Wrangler game, and I don't know why. No. Did you notice the ones? Uh, did you notice him in the games that, that 
you yeah, played? Did you I did. Watch? I did, and that and that's why I brought up the fact that he's a physical player. Yeah, you know he he does he does like to muck it up. Uh, you know, in 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 the boards or on the boards in the corners, that sort of thing. So okay, you know, I do you know, and, and that's how I like my my centers, right? Absolutely, tenacious um, and tough. And I feel like, oh, he's playing right wing right now. Interesting. Um, but uh, I do think that he's uh, not the type of prospect uh, that you. Uh, expect to be a top six player. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's the type of prospect that um, would be fine to even call up right now if you needed a four, fourth line center. But you need, I feel like he's kind of a ceiling third line center, which you still need. You still need third line players. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, I, I, I agree. I, I feel like if, Something happened with an injury, and mm-hmm. we had to move Sahorna up. I think he, Schwen would be a a reasonable piece to bring in for the fourth line. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk Uyghur real quick. Um, I really enjoy watching Uyghur. Mm-hmm. I think he's been unlucky to not get the points. He scored his first goal last game, which was a game winning goal, which is huge. Yeah. Um, but I also don't give a fuck about his points. I don't give a fuck about his points either. Um, he's, he's really come along. I feel, especially learning from Tanev. I find his defensive game has improved immensely since the beginning of the season. I couldn't agree more. He's, he's great with a stick. Very there's good been, with a stick. There, there's been a few plays where he reminded me of, of TJ Brody when it, when it comes to the way he's able to wrangle the puck away from somebody without even touching them. Wrangle, I like that. Right. Um, <laughs> he's also a physical player. Right? He's yeah. he's he's tough and he's got this mean streak in him, which sometimes gets him into trouble as far as penalties, but that's okay. That's fine. No I, different than Kadri. That's right. Yeah. I really don't have an issue with how Uyghur has played. I mean, Me yes, would I like to see more points from him? Sure. I'd I'd rather his points come from from assists than goals, because that means that he's he's staying on the on the blue line and playing a defensive role. Um, offensively, I really like his stretch pass. I we, I know we've talked Uyghur lots on the mm-hmm. pod before, mm-hmm. but um, I really like his stretch pass. That's one of the things that reminds me of of Brody about him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he's really good at it, and I feel like a lot of um goals and stuff come from a stretch pass and then a couple of of passes so he doesn't get a point from that yeah i don't care no i think i think he's been fine and i think another thing we've talked about in the past is um tanev only has so long left and i don't think we have anybody currently in the system besides Uyghur who is any and i don't even think he's a lot like tanev but i i think he's the only guy we have who's like a natural second pair type of like he like we don't have any other shutdown guys and i feel no. like he could be a shutdown guy he's he has he's, the tools he's steady mm-hmm. right he's steady yeah. and consistent which i love with my defenseman mm-hmm. just play defense 
and he's exactly. and I think he's very good at it. And if Tanev gets hurt, I feel a lot more comfortable knowing we have Weger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely, because you don't want to you don't want to break up that top line of of uh, Noah and Rasmus, right? You no. want to keep them going and doing what they're doing or what they do best. And so to have Weger as a as a stable spot or or a staple, if you will, on that second uh, pairing. Yep. Is needed, absolutely needed. I couldn't agree more. And with his first goal being a game winner, and even though it wasn't like a super pretty goal or anything, it was just a smart get the puck on net play. Right. I would be willing to bet that he um, shoots more. Well, that he's got more goals coming. That he's got more points coming. That his offensive, um, his offensive confidence starts coming that's right he created a a chip in the dam and that dam's about to break right that's how it happens sometimes guys guys just need a a door to open and sometimes that takes a long time sure yeah absolutely you know and like i said you know if he gets you know five goals six goals this season great if he gets three goals this season also great as long as his defense is good yeah couldn't agree more um, we should take a break and sure. talk about DraftKings a little bit uh, before we get to our number one. Our number one, if you want to hear it, because it's really big, it's coming up in mere. It's also moments. a little. It's also a little if you think about it. Zinger. Ha. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just five dollars pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age, some restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Well, Chris, as a big surprise to absolutely no one, our uh, both of our biggest moments and storylines of the 2022 calendar year is... Johnny Gaudreau scores from behind the net. To catapult the Flames into the second round of the playoffs. In overtime of Game (laughs) 7, which somehow didn't put to bed the storyline that Johnny Gaudreau doesn't produce in the playoffs, uh, even though he very much did. Um, I just, I never got that storyline, but... And and I know it wasn't from behind the net, but it might as well have been. It was close enough. It was yeah, so it was far like, away, like four inches and it was from the basically on the line. Yeah. Um. I know that that it kind of hurts to think about now, in hindsight, because he's no longer part of the team. But I don't think I'm going to forget, and if I do, it's going to be a long, long time exactly how that honestly made me feel right like that like that when that goal went in and it no he scored 
um one thing i really appreciated is that rick ball stopped talking yeah um and let the the roar of the dome happen and i lay, sit, sat back on my couch and like i straight up just sat there for i don't know three four minutes i couldn't say anything i couldn't look at my phone i couldn't do anything i just fucking sat there and like exhaled it was such a relieving feeling um and it was great i uh i ended up with scars on my hand and had to repair my my ceiling from jumping out of my seat it was such an incredible moment it's one of those moments and obviously as a flames fan will feel it more so than anybody else i understand Mm -hmm. that but it's a where were you when type moment oh as far as i'm concerned i just want to bring up unbelievable goal it was unreal Mm -hmm. how amazing it is that you hit your roof considering you're like four foot eight yeah i mean that's how high i jumped (laughs) my ceiling's only six feet here so it's fine but yeah I only had to jump a couple of inches once you reach out with your arms. Yeah. Right? So yeah. um it, it was quick it was little chirping. <laughs> yeah, four foot eight. Not bad. Uh, maybe a little taller. <laughs> My mom said I'm not big or I'm not fat, I'm big boned, right? Yeah. Or well, something like that. Yeah. I still wouldn't want to get in the tilt with you. <laughs> um just yeah. I mean, I think a large portion of the fan base um, had the same kind of react or, or one of the reactions that that we had. Um, it was huge in in the media. It was huge uh, for the team. It was huge for the player. And I think a lot of people, myself included, um, thought that him becoming that hero for that game was going to significantly help our chances of re-signing him. Yeah. I certainly thought that I was dead wrong, obviously, but I certainly thought that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really funny when, when you look at our fan base and how much they've always shit on Johnny for not being a playoff player, Mm -hmm. but in the same breath, almost every single one of those people absolutely love Kachuk for being a playoff-style player. And if you mm-hmm. look at point production and what they actually accomplish on the ice, I know which one I prefer. Yeah. And I think long-term, I think Kachuk will become a really sure. good playoff player because he has the tools. He just forgets that he has the tools once he hits the playoff. He just forgets how to play hockey and, be, and thinks that because he Chasing able, John Klingberg is the right thing to do. Yeah, because he because he, he knows he can play a physical style game. He take tries to take it to this extra level, thinking that that's what playoff hockey is. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that Keith hasn't kicked his ass for it. To be honest with you, yeah, because he, he's done it a Maybe few times. But you would think by now that Keith would be like, you know what, fucking knock it off, because that's that's not what playoff hockey is. You're still We're there to Darryl. win games, like. Right? Well, maybe, maybe Daryl did, and that's why he didn't want to stay. Maybe. Who, Who knows? knows, right? 
fucking Markstrom should have kicked his ass for that. Fuck the whole team should have kicked his ass for that. Like I get being upset that something happened in one game, but to continuously chase the same player and take stupid penalties over it for like several games afterwards. Yeah, it was asinine. It was that. It was the worst playoff performance I've ever seen from a from a top line player. Like it was just ridiculous. Exactly, and to me. That is just as much of a reason as Ottinger was for uh, for that series going seven being, games. Yeah, that series had no business going past five games. Nope. And between Kachuk's stupid penalties and him not being in the position he should have been in to score or whatever, um, and Ottinger taking a lot of shots directly to to his um. To the middle of his uh, his chest. Check out this um, shirt, by the way. That's a great shirt. That's the one I was talking about last episode. Yeah, yeah, and, and as well as didn't he hurt his hand? Fighting. Well, yep. well, not even fighting. Like, like Klingberg's on the ground and he's punching his helmet. Yep. Like, no, there's no fight there. There's just stupidity. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. No, just yeah. every aspect of it. So. Mm-hmm. That being said, we're taking away from the greatest moment of the 2022 season in Johnny Gaudreau's goal. That, I think that's the best Flames moment since 2004. Yeah. And it's the second best Flames moment since I, I was born in 1989, just after the Cup. Fucking kids. Um <laughs> I agree. Since 2004, the greatest moment. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Just real quick, I'm wondering if you can tell me what, if there's any, I know I have two greatest moments from 04 to Johnny's. Do you have any? At like ever since the 2004 Cup run? Yeah, so since 2004, what, what was your greatest moment or say two greatest moments before the Johnny Gaudreau goal? Um, to put you on the spot. One of mine is the uh, Jerome Ginla uh, retirement ceremony. Honestly, interesting. Okay. Um, the collection of players that were there and the stories that were told. Um, yeah, that's pretty. Cool. And, and I know that that's not like super hockey. Like not on ice hockey related, um, even though it was technically on the ice, but you know what I mean. Um, okay. Number two, well, I don't know if that's number one or number two. That was just the first one that came to mind. Um, uh, staging. Was that goal? Yeah. Yeah. That one. For those of you that don't know, was it was it the day after? Was it his uh, first game back? It was his first game back. Yeah, it was a couple couple days after, I believe. So Stajan, uh, Matt Stajan and his wife, I can't remember his wife's name right now, but they lost the baby. Um, and he took some time off for it. And then his first game back as a fourth line center, he scores a huge goal. I can't remember if it was a game winner or not, but it was a it huge was. goal. You can hear it in the intro to... Um, uh, Sportsnet 960's Flamestock show 
you can hear it in any or watch it in any top 10 moments top five moments of of flames in the last however long um but that would definitely be one of my top two as well as um as well as the again let's say what what about you so my top two um was number one was actually good absolutely going to be that stage and goal that was incredible um number number two for me was watching michael ferlin in the 2015 playoffs against Vancouver. Yeah. No, he he dominated that series and that that's that's a really good show cuz that was a lot of fun. That's that's how you dominate a series physically. That's well, how Kachuk should have played. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it was it no, was I like that. It was probably the single most important series from an individual player in in franchise history it really i'm i'm gonna say it on top of kippersoff yes okay yes fair enough kippersoff was amazing and i will never take anything away from him but that team also had the eliminator also had the ginla also had conroy coming in at key points salius like there was a lot of reasons for the goals that were scored, but we yeah. we don't win that that series against Vancouver without Berlin really? doing what he yep. did. he he took away their defense altogether by himself? They were they were afraid to be in the corner. Freaking Ferkland or whatever his name is. Yeah, never heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> bullshit. Well, sure, fucking have now. Yeah, he knows about him now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. No, no, that, that that's a good way to uh, to top off that little, well, I guess long segment of top five, top five moments. Just so everybody knows, uh, when Dylan and I get together before we uh, hit record on this thing, we have a quick combo about what what we're going to talk about. You know, sort of. Every episode's and, supposed to be 45 minutes. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, we'll just we'll do like 20 <laughs> minutes here, 30 minutes here, and then we'll move on to another subject, which is what we're about to do an hour later. No. <laughs> okay, well, let's uh, move on to a little New Year's wish, wish list of things that we'd like to see the Flames do or a player do or tree living do or something. Um, we're going to do top three. Um in for for the new year um you start i start yeah all right my first one i want to see mangiapani play less okay um sorry sorry let me let me let me let me let me rephrase that 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 came out wrong that came out wrong i want to see one full game where mangiapani is able to stay on his feet and not get pushed around. And if he's unable to do that, I would like for him to watch a game or two from the press box so he can see how professional players do so. Start with Dubé, who used to have that problem and no longer does. You know what? He turned his his life around, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He's um, on the first line now. Because yep. of it. So, I have 
quite a few things on on my list and Mangiapani um I'm not going to put it on my list cuz you put it on your list but um it was definitely it's in on contention your, for top it's, 3 it's on your thought list I know that for sure I do talk about it a lot um and I just want to change the way that you put that a little bit okay I want to see something happen with Mangiapani I want to see either him play very well or him sit in the press box or a trade or something something needs something's got to give with this player because he's been literally our worst player all season long not all year long we're not talking about 2022 but he's been our worst player period all season long in my opinion and that includes Markstrom's horrible start. That includes Lucic getting sat. That includes everything. That includes uh, Rooney Chido. being sent down to the minors. What's that? Uh, Rooney being sent down to the minors. Yeah, that right? includes that. I agree. I I one hundred percent accept your rewording. Yeah. So whether it's whether it's a trade, whether it's um, a, a pr- couple games in the box, the press box, whether it's him finishing because that's all he has in in his career is the ability to finish and he hasn't yeah. done it at all this year. Um, something's got to give. Yep. And that's, that's a negative thing to start off with, but I agree. Well, that's why you start with the negative and then you just progress into the positive. What's, uh, what's your number three? Well, my um, it's hard because we didn't talk about which ones we were all gonna say, and I have, like I said, a few things here. But um, I'm going to say capitalize, and th- this is gonna be negative too, probably, but capitalize on Matthew Phillips' current trade value. Okay, however much there might be. Um, he very well could thrive in another system. He doesn't fit our current no. team, our current coach, our current system. Um, well, he, he fits our system because our our AHL affiliate, being the Wranglers, yeah, are supposed to be playing. Supposed to be playing a mirror image of that system, mm-hmm. and they 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 play he, quite. And he, and, he's, and he seems to fit that system very well. Um, I would argue that he, well, I guess it's not argue, it's agree. But I, I think he does fit that system very well. But it's also because the competition is vastly inferior. Are you breaking new ground here? I don't know, but I, I like that, that expression on your face. <laughs> the AHL um, is not as good as the NHL? It's vastly inferior, actually, Chris. Holy shit. <laughs> you know what? I always thought that if you ripped it up in the A, it was natural that you'd rip it up in the N. Well, I I can't believe I'm learning this now. I know, right? Um, and like that's not to say that he might not thrive in, in another system. Or something like that, but agree. Um, where we are now, the fact that he is 
likely not going to resign. Um, I mean, we don't know that. Maybe he's okay with being in the AHL player uh, as long as that AHL is the team is in his hometown. Sure, but um, I doubt. I doubt it, though. Oh, me too. Um, I think he'd much rather have a chance at an NHL job, mm-hmm. um, which I don't really think he's going to get here. Um, I don't think he'll get here either. Um, there's a clear, clear disconnect between player and coach in the, in our system or in their city now. The uh, and- you know he he he's finally he finally made the the roster or the cut as far as in the call up played two games looked not good had one shot on goal in two games like they're when you're trying they're- to pop offensively I don't care how much time on ice people say he got five minutes in one game but like if you look at the game sheet he, he did got almost nine yeah he was um, he was nine and 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 eighteen minutes in two games. Yeah, like, like that's more than that's more than five, and he was he was in a fourth third line role. How many minutes? How many minutes do you want him to have? And I'm and and like I apologize, actually I don't. But if when you're trying to pop offensively as a player who has extra, who should have an extraordinary amount of offensive um, uh, confidence, considering he was at the time the top. Uh, scorer in the AHL um, you'd figure that popping one shot off in 18 minutes of game time um, you'd figure you'd be trying more when you're trying to pop off offensively and it just it it didn't happen no. um, he didn't look I mean I don't think he looked horrible but I don't think he looked good Um yeah, and be- and when you're that size, I know you say this a lot, but when you're that size, um, in order to make the NHL and stay there, you have to pop way more than somebody bigger than you does. That's right. Yeah, you have to be noticed, right? Mm-hmm. The the way a you know a six foot or six foot two defender gets noticed in their call up is they fight somebody, or they or they they, they don't find get a noticed. way. Yeah, they find a way to make them make their name be written on the game sheet. Dennis <laughs> Gilbert. Right? Yeah. Like he he will absolutely in my opinion make the team as a full-timer next year. Yep. Based yeah, on bullshit. his performance. Yeah, based on his performance. Seventh, probably seventh. Sure. But he will be with the team in in the entire season, I believe. Agree, right? Like he he catapulted himself above uh, Mackey in the depth charts, right? He had, mm-hmm. he had and three, at times three fights in three games, and like there mm-hmm. and, and his defensive game was actually pretty solid. I didn't have any problems with it, no. unlike Mackey's. That's right. Where he's had he's had a number of bad games this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, if you're if you're Matthew Phillips and you want to become an NHLer. You need to prove that you deserve to be an NHL. It's not up to the system or the coach to give you the minutes. You go out and get those goddamn minutes. His AHL game, as far as I am aware and have seen, Mm -hmm. is very reminiscent of Kadri. Sure. Except for he's not a center. He's the type of guy who should be playing in front of the net, who should be wrestling in front of the net, which doesn't really work for a guy that size at the NHL level. But... Um, 
but that that's how he's successful in the AHL. It's, um, it's and he didn't even try to do that. No, he didn't. It, well, in his defense, I suppose it's probably tough for a player like Matthew Phillips to screen a goalie that's six four. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, that style of play, unfortunately, just you know, Jake Allen's not six four though. It's true. It's true. And Montreal's not good. But but Phillips is still not Even screening him, right? Because he's thin <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. No, you, you need to get there on on the on the on the points. Players like or sh- or more than one shot or or, or right. just good or, chances or be able to set up a play or or have good vision of the ice where you know where things are happening around you or because of you. The only thing that popped for me in both of his games was one giveaway. It's the only thing that I really would have noticed from him if he, yeah. if I, if we weren't all like trying to watch him, if I was just watching a regular game, that would have been the only thing I noticed from him was one giveaway. I believe it was on the power play yeah. at the blue line. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Power play too. They tried to give him, right. They gave him the opportunity. Yep. So, Yep. No, I agree. Okay, what's your number two? My number two, which... Ooh. My number two is to have the ability to continue with stable lines now that we're halfway through the season or coming up to the halfway mark of the season. I think it's very important that the Flames... You know, barring maybe a, a shuffle during a game because something's not happening and the coach is getting irritated. But I think we need to have our line set. But I believe that's going to only happen truly based on what I believe both of our number ones are going to be. Um, But I think that having our, our four lines set is going to be very key moving into the playoff situation. In the playoff race, even I, I, yeah. I agree, and that's For consistency, right? Yeah, and that you know, obviously, you're you're gonna have to have flexibility, you know, depending on if a player is having a rough couple of games. Yes, you move a player back and forth, but so far this season, we've seen a lot of different lines. And granted, I'm not putting that on Sutter because he's had a completely different looking team to have to figure out figure out who's going to play well with each other and things like that. So like, I'm not putting that on Sutter. I just think that now that we're coming up to the halfway point, we need to start having defined lines. So is that we can have not defined line numbers, but defined personnel on the lines. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm not numbering any of that, but just having defined players that play together. So is that moving into the playoff situation or potentially becoming a playoff team, they know what they're doing together. So is that when it when it comes to games that matter in 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 the you know the tail end of March through April and hopefully beyond, these players do well together. Um so this kind of rolls into my um what I had is my top one, but I'll I'll move it down to two just because that's where we are. Um which is 
I think what we have is as the top six is currently unsustainable. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that it's working currently, but I think it's unsustainable. And my number one was, but it's actually going to be my number two now, is we need a top line winger or at least and the, a top and six that's, winger. And that's why I said that all that is contingent on what I thought both of us had picked as a as the number one in this conversation. So I, I, I agree with you, unfortunately. Was that your I, number one? That was my number one, or still is my number one. Okay. But, but I, I think that one player is if we know where that one player is going to be, right? That one player, if we're bringing in a top-line right winger, they better be on the top line. So the rest, the other three lines can absolutely be set. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree. I think that I think it's very sustainable to have Dylan Dubé in the top six. I don't <laughs> think it's super sustainable to have Dylan Dubé um, playing top line minutes. Agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I I really like him, but I I don't think he's ready for that, especially in the playoffs. And I don't think that. I think it would be unfair for Dylan Lucic as a player. And I love what he brings to the team, but it's just having him play top six minutes is insanely unsustainable to me. You can't say that he's playing top six minutes because he's, he's never been on the top line. So it's top six though. It's he's, he's playing quote unquote second line minutes right now, which is top six. Yeah. I would most people call that middle six, right? Because he's you only you only get to you only get to be top six if you actually flirt with the number one. Right? Fair enough. Um, but I, Which I he's not much, but yeah, I think okay. he's much better suited as a third fourth liner, which Agreed. is fine, right? Like we need those two, and Agreed. his I, game lends itself to that. And don't get me wrong, his game is lending itself really good to helping Huberto and Kadri create space for Huberto and Kadri and screen goalies for those two. And I, I I think that's a very key component. Um, What exactly what you just described is having a player on the second line that has the ability to create space. (laughs) Currently on our roster, we don't really have anybody not saying and I'm not saying Luch deserves to should be on the on the second line, quote unquote. Yeah, we just have um, nobody better. It's the same with Tofoli being on the first line. We just that's don't right. have anyone better currently. That's right. But that being said, Dubay does have that ability to, you know, drop draw, in right? Get into draw that, defenders towards him. Draw defenders towards him and and be somewhat physical in the corners to where you can at least hold somebody off for you know, one second, two seconds. So is that a play can develop can develop elsewhere? Elsewhere, yeah. Um, I honestly don't think that Luch is going to even end January in in that line. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I think that has given Huberdo a really good opportunity to become familiar familiar and and happy with the system and happy with who he is as an offensive player mm-hmm. because it's given him some space 
And I do like the the pairing of him and Kadri because they do actually seem to fit quite well. Because Huberto can skate around and do his thing. And if he can get into the mindset of just getting the puck towards the net, Kadri can be a very effective person in front of the net to pick up either rebounds or or a screen or whatever the case may be to really get Huberto to that next level as far as goals because he's mm-hmm. got a hell of a shot and he, he needs to shoot more. And he knows that. Yeah. I mean, he he knows that. And even he said the other the other night in in in, in interview that he he feels like he needs to go to a psychiatrist so as that he can get that pass first I mean, he was obviously joking, out of it. But... Of course he was. Yeah. But I'm not. You know, it, it's also it's also a it's lot a of thing. truth is said in jest. That's right. Yeah. You know, he he has a a brilliant shot. And he needs to utilize that more. And don't don't get me wrong, I love his ability to create a play and his passes are elite. Well, especially but especially it, because having a goalie and other players respect the shot opens up more. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. You imagine how much ice that opens up when the goalie doesn't know if you're going to shoot or pass. That's why, that's why they're both dangerous. What's that? And and if they're both dangerous, that's, that's, it's a great problem to have. Exactly. That's why we had three guys with 40 goals is because, people had to start respecting Johnny Gaudreau's shot for the first time in his career. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. I agree with that a hundred percent. But I, like I said, I I don't think that Luch is going to, you know, end this month in, in the position that he's in, but for the time being, it's not even for me, it's not even, it's the best option we have. I feel like he's playing at a level right now where he deserves that time. Well, he's currently like, and I don't mean currently as as the team is constructed. I mean currently, as in like this week. Yeah, our best option for that. Right. Um, yeah, no, no, I agree with that. Um, what's who like? What's a couple of players that you would be looking for? The I'm guessing you probably want uh, a right winger. Would be my guess. Um, that would be my ideal position yep um okay ignoring just for fun ignoring salary cap implications and and stuff like that and and trade costs um just knowing kind of who's who might be on the block and stuff like that who would be a couple players you'd be pretty pumped if the flames made a trade for well up until like up until this morning when we find out that Tarasenko is going on injury again. Four weeks, I think three, four weeks. Yeah, he he was very high on that list. He was now, for me too. Now I don't think that necessarily means that he's not as good going into a playoff situation because that's obviously a few, you know, a couple months away. Mm-hmm. But potentially that might bring down his trade value, which could help actually. Yeah, um, it, it might actually get us into a situation where, where you can just go player for player, right? Are you talking about Andrew? I mean, if it's Andrew, is going to be it'll likely be player and a prospect, or player and a 
second or third in 2024. Yeah. But what player are you thinking of? I, it would likely be Andrew in my in my mind. Yeah. Because for me, that's that's really the only hole that we have offensively is getting rid of the worst player on the team so far this year, bringing in a, a true number one. Then you can get those lines solidified. And life, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is looking pretty good. Absolutely. Um, you know, or or Tarasenko has spent most of the yeah. season as the top player on my list of yeah. of players that I want, but he's also been high on my list for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I can agree with you on that. Um, the injury is a little scary, but actually, um, somebody had, passed he, him on my list recently. Was that he's had a lot of injuries over the last couple of years, which is kind of scary, right? Uh, he played pretty much all season last season, and I think he got 38 goals. Mm-hmm. But you are correct. He he. So yeah, he last had a three surgery. Years, he's had he's had a lot of a lot of uh, injury. Yes, and coming off of uh, two years ago, right before he played that almost that whole season, mm-hmm. and got 38 goals. I think I, I'd have to look it up, but it's something close to that. Yeah. Um, he had surgery that he's been trying to have it, it, it was almost a low-key kind of a jack eichel situation where the team didn't want him to have a certain surgery that he wanted and then finally they let him and then he came back and played pretty much the whole season and played really fucking well yeah um i mean he's injured now i, I don't know what the injury is i haven't looked it up but um I don't know if it's still the same shoulder, but um, hopefully either not. way, it's hopefully it's a not because that thing. would be a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, so we agree on that one. Um, anybody else you're thinking of? No, you go. Who's your Who's your guy? So, the player who's past Tarasenko. I think maybe about the same as Tarasenko on my list. Um, and I don't really know if he's available, available, but I feel like Philly is going to be rebuilding, even though they seem to fucking refuse to. Um, they're Are they the Calgary Flames? Horrible. Uh, well, yeah, except the Calgary Flames have never been that bad. Sure. They've they're always in the middle of the. Battle. Oh yeah, yeah. You said you were born in '89, so you didn't get to actually live through the nine late, like mid '90s to early 2000 as a I'm, Flames fan. Yeah, I mean, where, I, I where we also it, did, I wasn't rebuild. alive enough to. No, I wasn't coherent enough to pay attention to that type of no, stuff. I I agree with your first with your first comment. Actually, you're not truly Ill, alive enough until you've become a Flames fan. <laughs> Well, I was a Flames fan that whole time, but anyways. Um, sure. Travis Konechny, yeah. I think, is a great, great shout. He's got 18 goals on the year um, in 35 games. He's got 38 points playing on just a horrible team where his center is Kevin Hayes, and I don't even know who his winger is because Cam Atkinson is, uh, is injured. So it just makes sense to me i know he's only 25 um but it just makes sense to me for us to get him yep um 
Yeah, I pretty can much exactly what we're looking for. And from what I know of him, he's quite a, a four checker and a physical player that can put the puck in the net. And he's younger, under contract. I, I know I said not to to think about contracts and money and stuff, but no, I mean he checks all the boxes, right? He's gritty. He's he's a he's a scorer. Even though he's playing with players that aren't, you know, necessarily elite. He's over a point per game. That's right. You know, put him with a with a Hooper Doe. You imagine what he could possibly do if he can retrieve that pass, right? That's one one of the things that's been an issue with with Hooper Doe in that pass. Um, but you're right, like his contract is what good till twenty twenty five, I think yep. it is, right? Yep. You know, he's he's got all the production. The only the only if for me is, you know, is Philly willing to part ways with him? Because mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm Philly, I'm building around that. Me too, but I mean, if I'm Chicago, I'm building around the Brinkett. Fair enough. Um, same age, I believe. Yeah. Um, but also, if I'm Philly and I'm serious about the the Bedard thing, maybe getting rid of a over point per game player, it would help. It, help. <laughs> it would help. And yeah, but with Tortorella at the home, not that he makes the decisions. As Tor- far Tortorella as... is not giving up, right? Like he's no. not willing to part ways with anything that mm-hmm. will lose games and cause him frustrations in a press conference. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, as far <laughs> as the rest of the league is concerned, I think that that that's a good thing because Mad Tortorella is fucking hilarious. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a happy Tortorella is is fun to watch. A Mad Tortorella <laughs> is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other player I really have on my list, because I'm not a big fan of Patrick Kane, um, but the only other player I have on my list is Timo Meyer, and um, yep, the money scares the fucking living bejesus out of me. That's me. But as a yeah. player, fuck yeah. As a player, it's 100%. exactly what we need. Yeah, I agree 100%. The contract, no. I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. That's... that's it's the qualifying offer at 10 million. Um, but as if it were more of a rental type of a thing, and then you qualify them and trade them, I wouldn't mind. But um, yeah, for, so it, for it scares me, me a little too much. So for me being a rental, that price tag has got to be low. It has well, Tarasenko would be a rental too. And um, connect me wouldn't. So it might be yeah. higher, but yeah, no, nope. yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, so I know we kind of just messed with our our uh, top two. No, your your top two and my top one were kind of all the same. Um, yep. So they all meld in together. That means they, we're on the same page, and and it's clear that the Calgary Flames have what a lot of fans are talking about as the the same needs, right? Yeah, a lot of fans are starting to think a defenseman is what we need, but I kind of don't agree. I don't I think that, that I don't agree with that at all. I think defensively we're, we're pretty, okay. we're fairly solid. Yeah. Like we're not great, but it's not a problem. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to say to, I guess my, which would have been my second on my wish list is 
really my first on the wish list is a playoff run and make it further than the fucking Oilers. I don't give a shit about making it further than the Oilers. I just want to make it out of the second round. I don't, I base zero opinion. Well, I say that based on the thought that we're probably either facing them in the first or second round. If I don't, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I understand the do better than the Euler mindset. I, I do get it. And I understand what you're saying, that it's likely because we're we're going to play them in at least one or two rounds. But, yeah, I, I would never use those words, though yeah. I understand why you did. Yeah. Um, and I but think yes. that's, that's pretty much, I mean, everybody wants to go on a long run, right? Um so yeah. I think that's I, I I didn't I didn't say that as something on my list because it's always something on my list. Oh yeah, no, it's it's not. <laughs> I want I want to play in the conference finals or better every every year. Yeah, <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not. We're not Tampa. No. <laughs> um, and I kind of wanted to to say too, like. I know this this isn't on my top three list because it doesn't really matter what the fans think as far as what, what the on-ice product is, but um, I'd like the fans to like realize, like see the parallels between what happened with some of our old stars and their first 30, 35 games with, with this coach in the system and some of our new st- stars and their first 30, 35 games um in with the coach in the system mm-hmm. i'd like for a lot of the fans to shut the fuck up about huber though not producing because he's been absolutely fantastic for the last uh now save probably two games i think he's been fantastic for the last over month mm-hmm. over a month and um yeah did did he have a rough start you know the first absolutely. first month sure of course he did yeah I don't think there's a person on the planet that wouldn't have a rough start when you're coming from the different situations. Well, your entire life got shaken up. Your entire life got shaken up. Your entire way of playing hockey for the last decade got shaken up. Like, there's multiple reasons for him to have a struggling start. And it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. And since then, he's looked great. He has. And... Like even when he's not playing offense or with the puck, like like his defensive play is just like our old stars from last year. Mm-hmm. Their defensive play got better before their on- offensive play came to fruition. That's what happened with Huber. Like that's literally look at that's literally Daryl Sutton. Exactly. You look at the last game, Huberto made what could arguably be a game-saving play by keeping a guy from shooting the puck because he was in the blocking position and then Huberto fell down. So the guy went around him or sorry, the guy passed the puck, got the puck back and Huberto swatted it away and down the ice from his knees. And that's something you would never, ever see him do in Florida. Be happy. Absolutely. And same with the uh, the goal-saving pass that Uyghur interrupted, you know, stopped on his stick because it was coming across the crease, going to 
was it Lazar? Right. I can't remember, but and I know what was, you're talking about. It was pretty much a an easy tap in or off the skate that that we were just literally just dead in its track, stop the stop the pass, and up the ice we went. Yeah. Like it, it's it's very simple to see the tangible results of a Sutter style. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get it. Everybody wants to see more production, but you can't get the production until you learn how to get the puck and keep the puck and move forward with it. Yeah. Right. You have to learn it from this end to be able to have success at the other end. You right. have to. And and you're absolutely right. Yeah. The fan base needs to understand that. Yes. Because we lost you know, two of our top line players. When you bring in another player, a player, to to fill in that gap, they're not going to start off hot. That's not how that works. It's never ever how it works. No matter. And like people try and drag the comparison with how good Kachuk's doing, but Kachuk wanted that trade. He asked for he, that trade. He, he orchestrated he wanted, the trade. He wanted that trade, and he started the season very well. But he's looked like shit in the last eight nine games. He has yeah, not no, looked he good, hasn't been great, right? And Johnny, okay, has he produced points? Sure. His They're in the last, the last place team in the fucking league. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Although I mean, it, it, it feels I could like be pretty Matthew excited Phillips. to see a Bedard Gaudreau line A line next year. I could be pretty excited to see that. I'm not going to be excited to see it because I won't watch it. I don't care what <laughs> Columbus does. I truly don't. Fair enough. Because I don't like even if they I watch look games of every team. Even if you know next year Bedard's on the team, they look great to get him into the playoffs. They're not going to go anywhere. Oh no, because Liney's not a playoff player. Bedard's a child, and and Gaudreau is not going to have a team to really get him in no. there. They don't have goaltending. They don't have anything else exciting. to offer. Sure, I think it's exciting to watch good hockey. You know, yeah, I watch games of every team. So yeah, those would be the nights where oh, I got nothing else to watch. They so put on. The Blue Jackets, ah, shit, they're playing the Coyote. And they're playing the fucking Phoenix. God damn it. You know, what? Are, <laughs> what else? I guess I'll watch it. There's nothing else. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, damn it. They're playing Minnesota. Well, was, well no, I well, like Minnesota. laundry type of games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. The, the fan base needs to knock it off and just give them a chance to... to gel and and play the play the system yes we're over 30 almost 40 games into the season but he's he's started all that already i was he, gonna say but it's been happening for a month a month it's and been a happening half. for 12 15 games like yeah yeah it's been happening like he's just shy, he's shy of of a point per game as it is right now yeah so yeah he's got well last last think- time Last show we did, I think he had six points in five games. I think now he has seven or eight in six. So and if he's got eight and ten, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But because oh. uh, he didn't get any last game. That's true. Yeah, you're right. But, he didn't. What a bum. Right. But anyways, um, I think that should pretty much do it. Make sure you uh like and subscribe uh comment on the video if you have anything to say you know if you have any awesome moments of of the year that we missed or if 
you have anything on your wish list that, that we don't have on ours, uh, let us know in the comments. Um, like I said, like and subscribe. Check out the Hockey Podcast Network on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, whatever. Um, they have yep. shows about every team. And make sure you uh, share us with your friends and, and let your friends know about us. Agreed. And I'm also kind of on the fence on whether or not want to start doing, you know, simple merchandise things like, you know, armchair GM podcast hats or uh, armchair shirts. GM podcast shirts, different designs. Obviously the designs can be uh, figured out, but throw, throw comments uh, in there. If you're interested in something like that, and I will look into it further. Yeah, we would definitely, if, if we, you know, if we thought it would sell, if we thought we could, uh, uh, you know, get some advertising out of it. We'd we'd love to. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. That being said, welcome to 2023, all you lovely Flames fans. Go let's blast get, to go. Let's go to the playoffs. Fuck off with your blast. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>